Hello and welcome to another episode of The Messed Up Gunner. My name is Esther Aiken and I'm your host for today and I'm absolutely buzzed to be here. I'm going to apologise in advance. I've got a little bit of the sniffle so I'm doing my best not to snot in your ears. It has been another couple of exciting weeks in the garden. I'm starting to sow my tomato seedlings, my courgettes and basically, well who am I kidding, I'm on a mission to sow all of my spring vegetables which is super, super exciting. My garden is ready to go. I I also have got a few wheelbarrow loads of compost that is also ready to be dug in. My strawberry runners are also ready to be put in. It's basically all go here. In theory, next week's episode will be released on what will technically be the third day of spring. So yeah, kind of excited. My daughter thinks I'm completely bonkers, but just wait till she sees the watermelon seeds that I have got sitting here ready to go. She's going to go nuts. And since it is the perfect time of year to start putting seed in for spring germination, I thought it was a perfect opportunity to cover garden biodiversity and why it's so important for our environment. So biodiversity is the variety of life forms on earth, including plants, animals and microorganisms. It is essential to maintain a healthy and functioning ecosystem. By adding biodiversity to your garden, you can create a habitat that supports a wide range of species and promotes a healthy ecosystem. There is nothing better than being woken up by a symphony of bird life, unless you're a Scrooge when it comes to nature. Now, even if you have a small garden or patio, improving the biodiversity in your environment is still very much beneficial. So do keep listening. This is not just relevant to the traditional large gardening situation. It can very much apply to any planting environment. I'm going to run through a number of ways that you can add biodiversity into your garden. It is definitely an exciting journey. If you're unfamiliar with this type of environmental enhancement, I have been a plant ecologist for years and I still love everything around biodiversity. Firstly, let's start off with the basics. The next time you get an opportunity to sit in your garden or on your patio, have a really good look around to see what kind of wildlife you have in your environment. This could be birds, insects and even mammals or reptiles depending where you are in the world obviously located. Don't forget to also inspect your soil. You can do this the next time you dig in your soil. Have a look to see if there are any earthworms, if there are any other insects or bugs present, have a look under your planters and see if there are any slaters or worms or again any other insects hiding in the little dark damp spaces. Have a look at the mosses, the lichens and even the funguses that are present. All these creatures make up your local biodiversity. If you're in a situation where there isn't a lot of biodiversity, don't be disheartened, you can change that. There are a number of ways that you can add biodiversity to your garden and they do not have to be difficult or big changes. It can be as simple as putting in some extra flowers to attract, for example, butterflies into the garden. The first way to increase biodiversity is to plant a variety of native plants. So native plants provide food and shelter for local wildlife and they are adapted to the local environmental conditions. This includes being used to 
you know, they're used to levels of rain, the local air and soil temperature and wind. And a great way of getting a feel for the local native plants is visiting an area that is predominantly native plantings in your local surroundings. In my case, I would be visiting the native bush, approximately five, maybe 10 minutes drive from my house. We have the Kaimai mountain ranges, which literally covered as far as the eyes can see in lush New Zealand native bush. It can show you how the different plant species grow and integrate with other native species, including ground cover such as ferns and or you know frost-sensitive plants. It will also highlight how big the plants can potentially grow and the colours and the shapes of the different plants. Plus, it's a great excuse to get out of the house and get a bit of exercise in nature. I think it's a relatively good excuse under the umbrella of improving biodiversity in your garden. The next way to enhance your garden's biodiversity is to provide water. So create a water source such as a pond or a bird bath to attract a variety of wildlife. In my garden, I have two bird baths on either side of the house and it is incredible how much the bird baths are actually used not just by birds bathing, but the amount of insects that drink from its edges. It's just incredible. Last year, I had a number of bees outlining the water's edges, which was super cool to watch. But then again, I'm biased because clearly when it comes to my bees, I have a passion for them. I also have a pond that has a number of water lilies and a native, and obviously native pond plants in it that is currently hiding my now big goldfish my one big goldfish I also have a kingfisher which is a bird here in New Zealand that likes to sit in my plum tree hunting my goldfish a kingfisher is literally it just it sits there torments me and it hunts insects and obviously catches fish hence its name I just have to remember that it's all in the name of biodiversity and if I'll be honest with you I have chased that little bugger away a few times so I'm not that perfect and when it comes to nature sometimes my uh, love for my pond and my one goldfish is a little bit stronger than loving birds in my current garden situation but anyway the next way is to use companion planting by planting a variety of compatible plants together it creates a diverse ecosystem that supports a wide range of species this includes insects and soil microbes and in some cases the garden skink and other creepy crawlies then there is the more common way and that is by providing nesting sites however it's not just about installing birdhouses but it could also mean bat boxes yes New Zealand has two little native bats that have been classed as nationally critical so whatever New Zealanders can do to conserve the bats habitat I'm all for it you can also create bee hotels in this case I'm not talking about the, the honey bee instead I'm talking more about the little mason bees and some of the New Zealand native bees to provide nesting sites for wildlife or even more fun wetter hotels. The wetter is the biggest insect that New Zealand has to offer and when they are fully grown, they can get as big as a mouse or a sparrow. I mean creepy much, uh, they really are. The next way to improve your garden's biodiversity is to plant cover crops. So cover crops help to improve soil health and provide habitat for beneficial insects. These are particularly important in preserving biodiversity over the winter months. Cover crops can include mustard, oats and lupins. Just remember to dig them in just before they start forming the flowers because otherwise all the goodness goes into the flowers instead of back into the soil. 
as and um especially when you've mulched them all up. The next way makes total sense, and that is to use organic gardening practices. Avoid using pesticides and herbicides, which can be harmful, and you know that can harm beneficial insects and other wildlife. If you're using pesticides to get rid of a nasty, you're also killing the beneficial insects at the same time, and it can take quite some time for the environment to recover. Okay, you know that I'm particularly a big fan of this next myth- method, and it too creates a... And that's, sorry, to create a compost pile. So composting improves soil health and provides habitat for microorganisms. It is also a great way for you to get rid of your kitchen waste and your recycling and saving a heap of money by reusing stuff that you've already paid for. Also, don't forget about the worm farms that you can establish using your compost waste and providing when castings, sorry, and providing when castings from your worm compost bins are absolutely doubling up on those microorganisms that make the biodiversity soil environment happy and healthy. If you haven't listened to my worm farm episode before, do check it out. All the steps are there to create your own operational worm farm. That was episode 26 and I completed that one back in April 2023. It was a very popular episode. So this next particular method is something that I'm currently in the process of doing and that is to plant a variety of flowers. So flowers provide food for pollinators and other wildlife. You can get very creative with planting different flowers. You can plant flowers to attract butterflies, bees and other beneficial insects into your garden. For example, if you are wanting to attract ladybugs into your garden, then you would be planting herbs such as coriander, dill, fennel, tansy, angelica and even very pretty cosmos that comes in a range of colours and sizes and thought to be a quite yummy attractant for ladybugs. When do I mention, sorry, why do I mention ladybugs? Well, they are a natural predator that feeds on small insects and their insect eggs but their favorite food is aphids and they will eat small spiders, mealybugs and mites, pretty much anything that they can attack and cope with. Now who wouldn't want these gorgeous little insects in your garden doing all the hard work and pest control for you? Fun fact, Nancy Toriano Uh, She's a PhD specialist, a broad certified entomologist and director of operations and education and training for Rent-A-Kill North America, stated that a ladybug, which is not always female, over its lifetime is thought to be able to consume as many as 5,000 aphids. It's roughly 50 aphids per day. Oh my gosh, that's huge numbers. The next method is something that you can do with your kids and that is to create and install a bird feeder. Bird feeders provide food for birds and other wildlife. In New Zealand, a bird feeder is very much just that, a bird feeder. Whereas in overseas, it feeds squirrels and all sorts of interesting animals if the TikTok videos are to be believed. It does pay to know which particular birds you're targeting with regards to the feeding stations. Here in New Zealand, I wouldn't be encouraging liquid food stations because if there is sugar water in there to feed, say, the tuis, then the local bee colonies may also be attracted to it, and that is a terrible way of spreading diseases to their hives, such as Varroa and American Fowl Brood. Both are absolutely 
devastating to the beekeeping industry. The next method I've talked about a little bit prior and that is to create a wildlife habitat. By creating a wildlife habitat which could be as simple as strategically placed collection of rocks stacked on each other leaving gaps in between that provide shelter, water and food for a variety of wildlife. When you are creating these little wildlife habitats, just be very careful that you are attracting the right kind of species rather than the wrong type of species. With the wrong type of species, I'm talking about rodents like rats and mice in New Zealand, they are killers of our native species that predate on native bird eggs, our native insects, our native snails, and they eat the food resources that would otherwise be supplementing the native biodiversity. So do your homework with regards to habitat requirements for the type of species you are indeed trying to create a habitat for. A slightly more permanent methodology to increase biodiversity in your garden could be by planting a shelterbout or desirable of desirable plant species where you could in fact also incorporate birdhouses, bat boxes and other structures to encourage wildlife to occupy them as permanent homes. Again, this is something really exciting and you can do it with your kids and monitor the houses as the local wildlife starts occupying them. Creating a habitat for beneficial insects doesn't necessarily have to consist of structural homes, but it can also be as simple as planting flowers and herbs to attract insects such as the ladybugs, lacewings and of course the praying mantis. Most seed, oh excuse me, most seed providers have flower mixes specifically for attracting insects into your garden. Generally, it will say on the seed raising mix itself, if it is, say, bee attracting mix or a butterfly attracting mix or any of these, that will absolutely improve the biodiversity into your garden. Adding biodiversity to your garden is important because it helps to support a healthy and functioning ecosystem. Biodiversity provides many benefits including improved soil health, pest control, pollination and nutrient cycling. By creating a diverse habitat you can help to support a wide range of species and promote a healthy ecosystem. Our environment is all tired tired and messy and You see so many horrible things about rubbish in our environment, but together and with urban creep, a lot of our native areas are being destroyed with with just all these horrible, nasty unbalances in the ecosystem. A number of our areas are being turned into wastelands, which in turn becomes populated with invasive weed species that tend to be worthless when it comes to providing food sources for our native species. Invasive species are non-native plants that can quickly overtake and choke out our native species. Removing these species from the land can help to restore restore balance to the local ecosystem. A classic example of an invasive species taking over what could be an environmental biodiverse sanctuary for our native species is here in Tarawa, New Zealand. As you're driving along our beautiful estuary heading towards Mount Monganui, which is a fantastic tourist destination, there is a large area that has been left because you can't build on it due to the steepness of the slope. This particular area could have been replanted into native. Instead, it's just been left as a wasteland that is now being consumed by a creeper called Morning Glory. And basically, it smothers everything it grows over. It provides very little food resources for our native birds and it suffocates the soil it's growing over and eventually it suffocates covering 
the plants preventing them from being able to enjoy the sunlight and often the weight of the creepers vegetation will cause the plants they're growing over to become crushed under the weight it is such a waste of potential environmental you know urban corridor and sadly a waste of an opportunity by council or the New Zealand Transport Agency to do right by our environment land is a precious commodity it doesn't matter where in the world we are areas such as these even vegetation corridors should be maintained and prioritised, planted with as many natives as possible to support an already fragile ecosystem. So yeah, I'm a big fan of bringing back the bugs and the birds and managing the rodents that predate on our native ecosystem. As an independent gardener, I do my best to provide a biodiverse garden that includes providing water sources in summer and currently now in winter, even though not officially, a drought is sure it's been very, very dry and the birds have been going nuts over my water baths. I just realised I've been talking a lot about how to improve the biodiversity in your garden, but I really should also touch on what some of the threats are that we're currently affecting the planet as a whole and what some of these things we can do as a population to assist the earth in its recovery. Yeah, I'm going to go there. There are many threats to the Earth's biodiversity, but here are five major ones that are currently affecting the planet. Habitat loss and fragmentation. As human populations grow, we continue to destroy natural habitats to make room for agriculture, urbanisation and other uses. This fragmentation of habitats makes it difficult for many species to thrive. Climate change, raising temperatures and changes in precipitation um, patterns are affecting ecosystems around the world. This can lead to the loss of biodiversity as many species are unable to adapt to these changes. <gasps> Don't we just know that? With the amount of rain we've been having here in New Zealand, it has decimated a lot of the bee populations. You know, the beekeepers that I know are coming out of winter and they have been really struggling with their overwintering numbers and decline because they just had such a rough couple of months. Well, and I can honestly say I have had some losses too that I'm a little bit stressed about. But right, so another point is over-exploitation of resources. So overfishing, hunting and harvesting of resources can lead to population declines and even extinction of certain species. And number four, invasive species, non-native species can disrupt ecosystems and outcompete native species leading to a biodiversity loss. Now number five, pollution. Air, water and soil pollution can have a negative impact on biodiversity. Pollutants can harm or kill species directly or indirectly and can also affect the entire food chain. To reverse the damage, we need to take action as a population. Some things we can do include protecting and restoring habitats. We can work to preserve natural areas and restore habitats that have been degraded. Another one is reducing greenhouse gas emissions. By reducing our carbon footprint, we can help slow the effects of climate change. Number three, sustainable resource use. We can use resources in a way that is sustainable so that ecosystems can regenerate and species can recover. Number four, which is something I'm very passionate about, and that's controlling invasive species. We can work to prevent the introduction of a new native 
invasive species and control those that are already present. Number five, reducing pollution. We can take steps to reduce pollution by using cleaner energy sources, reducing waste and using environmentally friendly products. By taking these actions, we can help protect the Earth's biodiversity for future generations. Since I know as an ecologist that biodiversity is the key to sustainability, I investigated what will happen if the Earth's biodiversity collapses. And this is what I came up with backed by science. If the Earth's biodiversity collapses, it would have devastating consequences for all life on the planet, including humans. Biodiversity is the diversity of life on Earth, which includes species, genes and ecosystems. It is the foundation of our planet's natural systems, providing clean air and water, you know, pollution of sorry, pollination of plants and other essential ecosystem services that support human life. If biodiversity collapses, it could lead to the extinction of many plant and animal species, which would disrupt food change and chains and ecosystems. That w- This would lead to a loss of genetic diversity, which is essential for adaptation and evolution. The result would be less resilient and less adaptable planet, which could and would be less able to cope with changes such as climate change and human impacts. Furthermore, the loss of biodiversity would have severe economic impacts. Many industries such as agriculture, forestry and fishing would be severely impacted, leading to job losses and economic instability. In addition, the loss of biodiversity would have significant cultural and spiritual impacts on communities around the world that rely on natural resources for their livelihoods and well-being. In short, the collapse of Earth's biodiversity would have severe consequences for the planet and humanity. It is important that we take action to protect, protect sorry, and conserve biodiversity to ensure a sustainable and thriving future. Rallying the entire human population may be a pipe dream, but we as individual gardeners can do the best we can to try and res- reverse some of the effects in our own little world that we have control over. And I truly hope that some of the methodologies I've covered through this episode inspires you to make a few or a lot of changes. And if you're already doing a number of these biodiversity improvements, then I take my hat off to you. Let me know if you have any tricks that you use to improve the biodiversity in your garden. I'm always interested to know what gardeners use to improve their garden environment. I hope that this particular episode on garden biodiversity was helpful. If you do have any gardening questions, please do reach out. I'm going to keep compiling a list. And every now and again, I'll do an episode on a bunch of combined questions or I'll chuck them in the quick and messy garden chats. Every week I mention this and don't be shy. Let me know if you are needing some private coaching, no matter what level from beginner to experience, reach out and let's chat. I have a few one-on-one gardening mentoring spots available. Sometimes it really is easier to accomplish a task or a project having a gardening mentor and quietly holding you accountable to whatever tasks you set. Flick me a DM or email me and let's check to see how we can work together. My contact details are as always in the show notes. Don't forget to email or DM me for any one of my gardening freebies as always I say gardening can happen in any space and in any place and on any budget have an incredibly abundant week and I will buzz you later bye thanks for listening to today's episode I would love to hear about your gardening adventures flick me a dm on instagram at the messed up gardener or send me an email and let's connect don't forget to check out my gardening reels on tiktok 
If you are looking for some help planning your next garden project or just need some one-on-one private coaching, reach out and let's get growing. If you have a garden-related business or you're looking at starting a gardening business, including arboriculture, land clearing, firewood or a general plant growing and selling business, let's work together in my one-on-one private business development coaching container. Having helped my clients grow several six-figure plus businesses, including from startup to working on million-dollar open space management contracts for many years now. Let me help you and let's grow your business so you can leapfrog your profits and establish a viable and sustainable business. If you're looking for a business podcast, check out my The Let's Biz You Up podcast available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If this episode was at all helpful, please share with others and let's get growing in any space, in any place and on any budget. Till next time, happy gardening and buzz you later.